My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in Central Ephesus in the public toilets. Actually, this was one of the biggest places in town. It was a real communal location. In fact, you'd be quite shocked to see that in the middle of these public toilets, there was a beautiful fountain. It was a covered colonnade. It was a place where people gathered for fellowship. They even did business deals here. And what's really funny is that rich people would send their servants to the toilets before they came to sit on the marble and warm it up before they got here. And notice that there's no dividers. The people sat side by side, and this literally was a place of commerce, negotiations. It was a place of communal fellowship in the city. And there were toilets in every ancient Roman city just like this. Wow. You know, when I walked in here today, I was thinking about society at the end of the age. It's kind of gone to the toilet. People are lewd. People's morals are loose. Society has become sophisticated in one way, and in another way, it has so degenerated. But the Apostle Paul prophesied that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 when he was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote to Timothy what we call 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul said, This know also, that in the last days, hmm, that's the time that we're living in, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then he begins to enumerate things that are going to take place in society in the end of the age. That means what you're facing, what I'm facing, what we're seeing in the world around us. And one thing he mentions is in verse 3. He says people will be without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. What does that word incontinent mean? It's a Greek word, akratos. People have no restraint. They've lost their ability to say no. They have no self-discipline. They give in to everything they want to do. The government can't say no to spending. People can't say no to spending. People can't say no to sex. People can't say no to food. It depicts a general time when people have lost the ability to control themselves and to be self-disciplined. Incontinent is what the King James Version says. We are living exactly in that time. So if you feel like society has gone to pot, well, the Holy Spirit prophesied that would happen at the end of the age. But we don't need to be afraid. We need to recognize the signs of the times, study the Word of God, renew our minds, strengthen ourselves, so we can survive these end times. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and I've been waiting for you. Today we're going to return to 2 Timothy chapter 3 to see what the Holy Spirit prophesied would happen in society at the very end of the age. And my friend, the Holy Spirit did not give us these scriptures to scare us. God is never in the business of scaring people, but he does want to prepare us. And that is why he gave us 2 Timothy chapter 3. He wants us to know what's going to happen at the end of the age, especially us, because we're living at the end of the age. And by knowing what is going to happen, we can take precautions to protect ourselves, our family, and those we love. But we need to know what the Bible says 
in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It is just amazing. And that's why I want you to have the full series, which is 15 parts. And it comes in multiple formats with a study guide that has 150 pages. And when you have the study guide and the series to see or to hear, and you put all this together, you read it, you listen to it, or you watch it, Wow, you really get this revelation down deep inside you. And my friend, this is revelation you need to have down deep inside you. And it would be a great gift to give to someone else. You can order all this by going online or by giving us a call. And right now we're also offering you two books. One is called Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes. He's coming. And in Matthew 24, Jesus gave us the signs we would see just before he comes. And we're also offering you my book called Last Day's Survival Guide, which I've been reading from this week. I'm going to read from it again today. This is an amazing book, and it's so practical because it gives you steps you can take to protect yourself and to protect your family in these last days. Please order this today. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we send you two books as our way of saying welcome to our partner family. We're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness, and we'll send you my book, called Life in the Combat Zone. I'm not prophesying a combat zone. You're probably already dealing with some kind of a battle. This book was written to help you survive, thrive, and overcome in the midst of any difficult situation. And we always send those two books to anyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. And you can become a partner by going online or by giving us a call. But reach for your Bible because we always use the Bible in this program. And today we're going to return to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says in the King James Version, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The RIV says, you emphatically and categorically need to know with unquestionable certainty that in the very end of days, when time has sailed to its last port and no more time remains for the journey, that last season will stand in the midst of uncontrollable unpredictable, hurtful, treacherous, menacing times that will be emotionally difficult for people to bear. That is a literal translation of the Greek words in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. But then we're going to go to verse 2 where Paul continues to say, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. We covered all of that in yesterday's program. But next he mentions the word unthankful. The word unthankful in Greek is the word akaristos. It is a form of the word karistos, which means thankful, but when an A is put on the front, it reverses the condition, changing the meaning to unthankful or ungrateful. It pictures a person or a group of people who were once thankful but now have become unappreciative, unthankful, and who even live with a sense of entitlement. That is amazing because that really depicts our world today. And I want to read to you from page 133 in my book, Last Day's Survival Guide, because I cannot improve on what I have written. When a person feels entitled to everything, he loses his thankfulness for nearly everything. Why should a person be thankful when he feels he's entitled to everything he's ever been given? This sense of entitlement is so destructive that it leads society as a whole into a state of unthankfulness, which is exactly what the Holy Spirit prophesied would take place at the end of the age. Then on page 139, I add, and I want you to hear this. 
In 2 Timothy 3, 2, the Holy Spirit uses the word unthankful, the Greek word ekarostos, and again, it depicts those that have become unthankful and those who even have a sense of entitlement. This means at the end of the age, society, even though the population at one time exhibited the quality of thankfulness, will depart from a thankful attitude and gradually transition into a state of unthankfulness, an unthankful attitude will rise up until its grip has seized society at the end of the age. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit prophesied. And my friends, today we're living with a whole generation of people who feel they are entitled to everything and have lost their gratefulness for everything. And the Holy Spirit said this would occur at the very end of the age. But wait, that's not all that he said. Notice what he said next in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boast, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Then he adds the word unholy. What does that mean? The word unholy is the Greek word anosias. It is the form of the word hosias, which depicts a person or a group of people who are reverent, respectful, and God-fearing. But when an A is attached to the front of the word, it has a canceling effect, which means what was once holy has become unholy. What was once reverent has become irreverent. What was once God-fearing has now lost its fear of God, and it can be translated as irreverent, disrespectful, and it depicts those who have lost a fear of God and whose way of thinking and outward actions have become, listen, ill-mannered, impure, unclean, lewd, indecent, crude, coarse, vulgar, offensive, and Rude, which means the Holy Spirit prophesies at the end of the age, society will lose its fear of God and it will become impure, filthy, and filled with smut. That is literally what this word means. And I'm going to read to you from page 144 in this book, Last Day's Survival Guide. Listen to this. An evening of watching television reveals that impure, ill-mannered, improper, unclean, indecent, coarse, vulgar, offensive, crude, lewd, and rude behaviors are infiltrating every part of society. Even immoral conduct is now found in children's cartoons as part of public relations campaigns to change the way children perceive what was once considered abnormal and perverse behavior. What was once vulgar and immoral now fills the world of entertainment at nearly every age group level. Then on page 162, uh, yeah, I just can't improve on what I've written here. My friends, we're living in amazing times, but the Holy Spirit prophesied this in advance. Listen to this. Think of the unholy transformation that has taken place in your lifetime, just in the media, for example. A lost world is oblivious to the deception that is taking it lower and lower into depravity and judgment over the airwaves and internet, as well as in every facet of society. When you were growing up, would you have ever imagined that society would go from praying at the beginning of our school day to outlawing any reference to God in public school? Would you have imagined that public recognition of God in educational institutions could result in legal action? 
or that significant scriptures would be labeled as hate language in some nations, that private business owners who use their own hard-earned profits to support Christian-based organizations would suffer blasphemous attacks and boycotts against their businesses, or that small business owners who refuse to do business with groups whose agendas violate their own consciences and biblical convictions would be sued because they didn't participate with those that they disagreed with, or that religious freedom could really come to mean freedom from religion and a God-free society. These things were fantastical thinking a mere generation ago, but the Holy Spirit alerted us that a godless, immoral society would emerge at the end of the age. Did he tell us these things so we would hide from it? No, but he wanted us to be prepared in advance so we would be proactive in building our lives on the unshakable foundation of the Word of God to avoid the sinking sand of selfishness that will rule society at the very end of the age. Oh, the Holy Spirit knew it all, and He told us in advance we should have been listening. But so many times we read all of these words in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we wondered who in the world it was talking about. It's talking about the times we're living in right now. But wait. It goes on. But first let me read to you the RIV of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. Listen to this amazing translation. Men will be self-focused, self-centered, self-absorbed, self-consumed, and in love with themselves more than anyone else. And as a result of this self-love, they will be driven to obtain more and more and more. These boasters are so committed to their own agenda that they're willing to exaggerate, overstate the facts, stretch the truth, embellish a story, and even lie if it will get them the position, advantage, or goal they desire. They are arrogant, haughty, impudent, snooty, and insolent. They disdain, mock, slander, and speak ill of anyone that stands in the way of their ideology and freely use foul language. In this climate, parents will no longer be able to persuade, control, lead, or exercise authority over their own children. And although people were once thankful and appreciative, people will generally become void of gratitude and will be unappreciative of everything. Impurity will seep into society and cause it to become impure, ill-mannered, unclean, indecent, coarse, vulgar, offensive, crude, lewd, and rude. That is a little translation of all of these words in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. But then we go to verse 3 where Paul adds, people will be without natural affection. Translated from the Greek word astorgos. The word storgos depicts devotion and commitment to one's family. But when you put an A on the front, it reverses the condition. Therefore, it depicts a lack of devotion to one's family. The absence of commitment to one's family, it is the very Greek word which depicts the deterioration of family relationships. And here the Holy Spirit prophesies at the very end of the age, there will be a breakdown of the traditional family. And I want to read to you from page 179 in this book about what this means for you and me. The words without natural affection pictures a lack of devotion to family or the breakdown of the family. Amazing. This particular Greek word especially denoted individuals who had drifted so far apart that they had 
at last reached a point of irreconcilable differences between themselves, and as a result, they found it easier to part than to stay together. This unquestionably describes disjointed families who have lost the closeness that once was exemplified in the traditional family. It no doubt portrays a day when individuals and families will drift apart and as a result, differences that develop gradually between them over a period of time will become so difficult to fix that they will find it easier to keep drifting or even to part than to stay together and to work things out. That is the very word the Holy Spirit used in this verse to alert us that families at large in the last days will become disjointed and lose the closeness that was once characteristic of the family unit. Now, my friends, that is amazing. That is just amazing. And listen to this on page 183. The Holy Spirit prophesied the breakdown of the home, and it is happening right under our noses, just as he prophesied it would take place in the last days. But we can prevent that trend in our homes and even recapture and restore what has already been lost if we'll heed the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey the Word of God. But... That's not all. The Holy Spirit goes on and next adds the words false accusers. 2 Timothy 3.3, 3, people will be without natural affection, truce breakers, and false accusers. Oh, let's go back and look at this word truce breakers, the Greek word aspondes, from the word spondes, which means to make a covenant. But when you put an A on the front of it, it reverses the condition, it cancels it. Now it depicts people who break covenant. It is covenant breaking. It can be used to picture divorce. And it is literally the Greek word translated irreconcilable differences. That is literally what it means. And I want to read to you from page 193. Oh, I'm just amazed at how accurate the Holy Spirit is. The word truce breakers is the very word used by the Greeks to describe relationships that had reached a point of irreconcilable differences. And by using this word, the Holy Spirit prophesied that a season would emerge at the end of the age in which individuals in covenant relationships, particularly marriage, will drift apart until they reach the point of irreconcilable differences between themselves that will result in the breaking of a truce or the breaking of a covenant. But my friend, this then leads to the next word and listen to this, false accusers. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. This is amazing because the word false accusers is the Greek word diabolos, which normally is translated as the word devil. But in this particular verse, it describes a court system that is overrun with lawsuits, which means the Holy Spirit is prophesying the time would come when people would excessively accuse, slander, and sue each other, when they would find it easier and more convenient to sue in a court of law than to sit down and work things out, it will feel as if the devil himself has fallen into the court system. That is what this means. But then the Apostle Paul adds another word in verse 3. He says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, 
incontinent, the word incontinent, the Greek word akrates, which is the inability to exercise control, a lack of control, or the inability to say no and hear the Holy Spirit prophesies at the end of the age, people at large will lose the ability to say no to their appetites, to their desires, to spending. This is why people today are overeating. People have such a problem with chemical abuse. They just have lost the ability to say no. And the Holy Spirit prophesied this would be indicative of the last season at the end of the age. But then he goes on and says, people will become fierce. Look at verse 3. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. What does that mean? It is the Greek word anemoros based on the word nimeros, which describes those that are very sophisticated, those that are gentle, those that are kind. But when you put an A on the front, it cancels the word and reverses it. Now it pictures people that are savage, harsh, cruel, vicious, or violent. You know, when I was growing up, I always thought of ancient Romans as being barbaric. But my friends, there has never been a more barbaric generation than one we're living in today. Think of how many babies are being ruthlessly murdered in hospitals every day and how crazy it is that on one end of the hospital, they're performing surgery on babies that are still in the womb and on the very end of the same hospital, they are boarding babies the very same age. It is barbarism on the worst level. Or how about the movies today that are filled with bloodshed or the games that children play on their computers and their telephones or the music they listen to or the lyrics they hear or what they see on the internet. My friend, there has never been a more barbaric generation than the generation that is alive today. And today our barbarism is so sophisticated we no longer have to go to a Colosseum to see bloodshed. We can see it right on the privacy of our own telephones and on the head phones that we listen to, such barbarous, horrific, violent music. We just pump it right into our lives today. There has never been a generation filled with more barbarism, more fierce than the one we're living in today, and yet we claim that we're so sophisticated. But then in verse 3, Paul adds another word. He says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears. Then he adds, despisers of those that are good, which is really a strange Greek word because it is a Greek word, a philagathos. Philagathos means those that love the good, but if you put an A on the front, it cancels it. Now it is a strange word that in its oldest and truest sense depicted a society in which the law did not protect the good, but primarily protected those who were wrong. The law is intended to protect the rights of offenders, where this word is used, a word so unusual that it is only used here in the New Testament, again depicting a land where good people have lost their rights and the law primarily protects those that are evil or those that are lawbreakers. And if you take all of this and put it together, the RIV of 2 Timothy 3.3 is like this. Love for and commitment to family will disintegrate. Divorce will become epidemic. 
with irreconcilable differences being a major factor in tearing families apart. Every imaginable type of covenant will regularly be violated. The court system will be overwhelmed as people go overboard suing and being sued. People will generally lose the ability to say no and will be unable to control their instincts in nearly every area of life. People will become savage and it will eventually feel like there are no laws to protect the innocent. All of that is in 2 Timothy 3, 3. And my friends, we need to have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. He did not give us this information to scare us, but to prepare us so that we don't fall into this pattern in the end of the age. I'm out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. We are living in the last of the last days. That means you will see and experience bizarre developments that no other generation has witnessed. How do you protect your family, your children, and your grandchildren from the evil being spread through all media, education, Hollywood, and the courts? With the Bible at your side and the Holy Spirit as your guide, you can sidestep every landmine the enemy has planted and walk into victory. God wants you to be anointed and victorious, regardless of an ever-darkening world. But you need to know what God says about these end times. In Rick's Last Days Survival Guide, you'll learn what the Holy Spirit prophesied about the end of the age, the major signs that we are in the wrap-up of the age, steps to stay free and victorious in this end-time season. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition, right now you can order the companion books, Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes for just $15 and Last Day's Survival Guide for only $25. There is so much information in the New Testament about end-time events that we cannot claim ignorance on this subject. And the scriptures tell us how to live victoriously through this end-time season. Don't miss this special offer, the series, Last Day's Survival Guide, and the companion books, Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes, and Last Day's Survival Guide. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. My friend, our ministry is really growing. We're reaching people all over the world that are tuning in because they feel like they have found teaching they can trust. And what an honor that God would ask us to bring teaching of the Bible into people's homes. I'm really praying for a revival of the Bible in the hearts of God's people. And God's people are responding. They're calling. They're writing. And because we want to reach them and minister to them in the very best way, we need to expand. We are bursting at the seams. Our office building in Tulsa has become totally insufficient. We're having to put all of our resources and materials in containers because we have no more room in our building. And we just found a building that would perfectly meet our needs and it's fully furnished. And at the same time, we're building a new TV studio in Moscow because this studio is just inadequate for what we need to do. If you can imagine, we're filming five to seven daily programs in this studio. We have run out of space. It's time for us to expand. You can really make a difference in someone else's life by participating in this expansion project. And if it's in your heart to say, yes, I want to be a part of that, you can find out more by going online or give us a call right now. 
We're out of time, but friend, I want you to order my entire series called In Times Survival Guide. It's 15 parts, and it comes with a marvelous 150-page study guide. And please be sure to also order my book called Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes, and order my other book called Last Day's Survival Guide. You need these books, and I wrote them for you. And these books will help you know how to navigate the times that we're living in today. And they are filled with practical advice about how to protect yourself and those that you love. But I want to pray for you. Father, thank you that you love us so much. You gave us the Bible to tell us these things in advance, not to scare us, but to prepare us. Help us to have an ear to what the Holy Spirit has told us and to obey and to build our lives so that we do not become victims of this age. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember that if you have a prayer need, we're waiting to hear from you right now. We love you. We're praying for you. And we'll see you tomorrow. And remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.